I'm Alec. And I'm Zach. And And you're listening listening to A to Z Z Discussions. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Zach and I will be talking about Avatar, the way of water. But before we get into that, Zach, happy new year, dude. Has been about a month since the last podcast. How was your holiday? It was great, man. Happy new year to you as well. Uh, I wouldn't say my holiday was necessarily relaxing. There was a lot that Kaylin and I did in the short span of time that I had off of work. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, there was travel involved, like always. You know, we had to go down to Houston to see our family, did the same thing that we always do, North Houston, then South Houston. But uh, if you didn't know, our friend Jake Machula got married over the holidays. So mm-hmm. shout out to Jake and Gracie, both Machulas now, Gracie Machula. So congratulations. Congratulations, y'all, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so their, their wedding was in Florida since they live in Florida. And we had to either obviously fly or drive. We elected to drive because that just would have been easier for everybody and we would have had a car. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we did that and Kaylin and Rose rode with me. We split it up that way. And then Zach, uh, Jordan and Diego rode in a separate car since all of us Houstonians had to get there some way. Right. But uh, Kaylin had offered to like help me drive because it was like a 13 hour drive. If we just did it straight, I ended up driving Mm -hmm. the whole way there and the whole way back myself, which, you know, is kind of my fault for putting that on myself. And it was a little bit brutal. But honestly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. You know, you think of a drive like that, that it's just going to become like purgatory out there. But uh, it was okay, you know, just talking with them and then riding and seeing some of the sights. There wasn't a whole lot to see, but once you get into the zone of driving, it's not awful. I don't know if you've ever done a drive that long before yourself, like actually as the driver. But I feel like it goes a lot faster as the driver than as a passenger, because I've been a passenger on drives like that before, and they just seem to last forever. But at least when you're driving, you know, you're doing something. So time seems to move by faster. But anyway, uh, going there, we actually had the fortune of being able to stop in Panama City, Florida, because that's where Kaylin's dad lives. So we got a nice visit with him. Uh, We got to stay at his house and rest for the night. So we drove nine hours there and then like five or six hours to uh, Ocala, Florida, where Jake and Gracie live. And then we did the wedding. Uh, It was awesome. Uh, Really beautiful ceremony awesome reception we had a lot of fun the only downside was after the wedding was done a lot of people ended up getting sick uh both rose and kaylin got the flu (laughs) and oh my goodness yeah our friend zach and diego they both got the flu as well Uh, while we were there derek jake's brother had the flu so i mean you could almost say the wedding was like kind of a super spreader event not quite to that (laughs) magnitude uh but it was it was fortunate that no one really was sick there at the wedding and that it happened more so after we left but you know it still kind of sucks somehow i avoided getting sick i have no idea how that even happened because on the drive back kaylin and rose were like coughing all over the place we were just contained in that small car (laughs) i was like there is no way i'm going to avoid getting this sickness but somehow i did and we made it all the way back uh they're obviously okay now uh kaylin got that tamiflu so it knocked it out of her but yeah, that was all well and good. Uh, we got, well, I took one more day off after we got back just to kind of relax after all that driving and mm-hmm. all the traveling that we did during the break. So then got right back into the swing of things, going back to work. And I've been busy, busy, busy ever since. Wow. Sounds really fun. So that's the only like holiday thing. Did you spend any time in Houston? You did for a little bit though, right? Since yeah. Yeah. Family. So we actually, I ended up working remote one of the days before Christmas, a Thursday, I believe. And then I had Friday off and I think Christmas was on, was it Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember, but one of the days, I think it was on a Sunday on a Sunday. So yeah. we ended up spending a good three days four almost four days with, uh, Kaylin's parents. And then I ended up spending a couple days down with, uh, my family. And obviously we had to go down there and pick Rose up too, because she was down visiting my family as well before we went to Florida. So I actually did get quite a bit of time with family and it was nice to kind of have that little slow down time before it was time to get up and go to Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I also stayed with my dad 
the night after I drove. Our, we were really ambitious trying to get back because my whole plan was like, all right, we, we like partied for New Year's Eve. And then on New Year's Day, I was like, we're going to drive straight back to Houston. Then we're going to drive back to North Houston, pick up some stuff, then drive to Austin all in the same night. Obviously, that oh did my not goodness. happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, like I said, I had the fortune of breaking up the drive, going there, but then driving back, I did do it straight. The whole like 13, 15 hour drive. And whenever I got to Houston, I just told my dad, look, I can't drive anymore tonight. And he was like, yeah, you should probably stay here. So uh, ended up staying at his house. And then we did the rest of the drive to North Houston and Austin the next day. And that was that nice. was the right move because I could not have driven anymore that day. <laughs> That's way too much. man. Yeah, dude, it, it was a lot. You did a lot. Oh, uh, uh, wow. That sounds awesome. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Um, I saw my family for the holidays, too, and during Christmas. Um, but it was only in Houston for like a couple of days in the hometown. Um, but I spent most of the, the break with Sam and her family cause she ended up coming over here, um, for most of it. Um, nice. And she didn't stay in Houston at all, like at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> she went back like the last day and, uh, like the Christmas or New Year's Eve, we went to a, like a wedding shower, um, for like, a, they have a family friend that got married and, or they got married this past weekend and I was at that wedding on Saturday. But went to their wedding shower on New Year's and it was pretty cool. Um, it was like the this weirdest thing because they live like in the flat, like flat land, you know, TikTok, like just kind of dirt everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they were doing like fireworks. Like the wedding shower wasn't doing fireworks, but all around, like the community was doing fireworks and everything's so flat that like if you everywhere you looked, like in a 360 view, you could see like all the fireworks. Oh wow! And it was pretty cool. Like it was like you were like in a th- like a like a VR looking thing or something, and all around you, you could just see, uh, all the fire. It was pretty cool. Nice. For yeah. like that. That sounds those, awesome. Like, it was yeah, for that for that little moment there. But other than that, like the break was pretty just relaxing. Got to just hang out and kind of take a load off after you know teaching band all the time. Yeah, and after um, uh, that large postseason run that y'all's football team had. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the state the state, the state football game and everything, um, which was really awesome, really fun. But like I was exhausted. Like the first week, like that Monday, I was I like was so tired at like four thirty in the afternoon. I'm like, <laughs> Why am I so tired? And I like fell asleep and I was like out for the first couple of days. But yeah, it was good to good to finally like refresh on all that. Um, I think we, we started school last week, so that was the first weekend. So today's the second week back. Um, we also had a four day weekend because they do like a livestock thing oh, wow. on Friday. I think that's why we got the holiday off. So we had Friday off and then also Martha Luther King Jr. Yesterday. So nice. I got a lot, I got a lot, I got a lot of a uh, refresh time, which has been really awesome. But I know me and my coworker were pretty like pretty hyped about, you know, UIL and, um, right now things have been going pretty strong here. That's only been a week. So. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be back in the grind because it was kind of boring just sitting around. Right, you got just the right just amount like, of time of downtime where you're like, all right, exactly. time to get up and go. <laughs> yeah, um, and our district's pretty awesome because we do a it's a little bit longer, um, of time. It's like three full weeks for the students, and then, uh, we had like professional development like on that Wednesday of the third week. Um, so like Sam already went back to school to teach, and then I had like another week of doing nothing nice after new year's yeah uh so that was that was pretty awesome pretty awesome pretty awesome but we're not here to talk about my work life we're here <laughs> to talk about avatar the way of water by james cameron <laughs> <laughs> uh but going into this we're gonna spoil pretty much the whole movie um i mean we're gonna bounce around on different things but just know everybody we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be all spoiled and if you haven't seen it it's been out for almost over a month now right it came on the 16th Mm-hmm. no exactly a month a little bit over a month yeah so do you haven't watched it go watch it um and if you haven't seen it and you still want to listen continue listening because i think there's a there's a see it in 3d don't see it in 3d um you'll hear our opinions on that even though uh i think zach didn't see it in 3d but uh i think it's still worth the watch even if you hear spoilers uh but let's get right into this uh zach first impressions just seeing the movie for the first time because i saw it twice so i'll give you oh, wow. give you that perspective in a second yeah uh so 
expectations, I guess, first to start off with going into the movie, I wasn't sure how it was going to top the first one. Cause I remember the first one was like a world event. Right. Mm-hmm. And I still remember going into the theater and seeing that as a kid, that kind of blew me away. Uh, we look back on it now and we're like, ha ha. Like we really loved these visuals. They weren't all that great, but for the time, my God, like that was, that set a new standard. And, uh, since CGI has gotten so good, I wasn't necessarily sure that they were going to be able to create such a spectacle this second time through. And like starting off, it was kind of weird going back into like the Navi world, right? And getting used to following these alien characters rather than humans. But it it was very easy to settle back in after probably only like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, it, It stopped in my brain feeling as if I was watching CGI characters and it just felt like I was looking at familiar faces, like almost humans in a way. Mm-hmm. You kind of get naturalized to this setting. Uh, and then they waited a little bit to kind of blow you away until they get to the water. And it was interesting to me that the movie is called The Way of Water. You don't really even see the water until like an hour in. Uh, mm-hmm. But this movie did need to kind of reset the world, right? They, I think they were very aware that it's been, what, 13 years or so since the first movie came out. So they needed to kind of reestablish like what's been going on since then. Oh, you know, Jake and uh, his wife, they had some kids like they have a new family. There's like a new setting. He's the chief, all this stuff, all this responsibility. And of course, you know, the humans come back again. I think we all could have called that 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 was going to be, you know, the main antagonist group of this of this movie was probably going to be the humans. And it was. Uh, so like you reestablish this conflict, you reestablish, you know, Jake's going back to his war roots. You have the villain come in who, you know, is the same villain as the first movie, but cloned. So we've kind of seen this before, but they ended up doing like a little bit of a twist on it towards the end. So I thought it was OK. Uh, but when we finally get to like the water stuff, my God, that's when I got blown away. Uh, and, you know, Kaylin said a little bit before the podcast how it made her cry a few times. Honestly, mm-hmm. I almost broke into tears in the first water scene whenever they're like jumping into the water and they're seeing like everything around them, there was just, it was so splendid. Like the visual splendor was so intense that it almost made me cry. And it also like hit kind of a nerve for me too, uh, like a a heartstring, if you will, for me, because I'm a scuba diver, right? Like I've, I've spent Mm -hmm. almost 30 hours underwater diving. And what you saw in that movie was pretty much accurate as to how it feels being down there with the fish, with, you know, the Marine life and that was awesome. Like the, the way that James Cameron captured that hands down, you know, one of the best things I've seen in, in years as far as like visuals in mm-hmm. a movie. So that made me very emotional. And overall, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the plot and all those other aspects, the little details. But I, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, and for me, I saw it in 3D the first time in IMAX because I was like, I want to go see it in its full glory as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. And I saw I saw a cat and um, we went to the, the IMAX theater that's kind of in Houston or whatever. But we I get in there, you know, I and I don't my expectations were either kind of high, kind of low. Like I I didn't really I was really indifferent going into it because I wasn't really excited about the movie. You know, it's yeah. been 13 years or whatever. And I felt indifferent about the first Avatar movie. And I saw it when I was so young, too. Like, I didn't care that much. Like, it was such a big deal. But like. I don't know. At the time, like I watched it and was like, that was a pretty cool movie, but I don't remember like loving it and like some other things that I have, like even currently. So I was like, you know, if I like if if I come out of that movie thinking, man, I liked it, then it was probably better than the first one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's kind of how I felt. Like I came out of that movie. I haven't seen the first one in a while, but I came out of this one like, well, I, I like this one. Um, but <laughs> let me tell you, dude, seeing it in 3D and IMAX, we had like some pretty good seats where we were like kind of near the screen but not like like dead center near the screen and whether those imax screens are they're like curved a little bit mm-hmm. so like your peripherals are kind of engulfed and i was so shocked about how good the 3d looks now like i put the little glasses on and like the colors didn't seem very like washed out it didn't like ruin the the movie and, and in fact it like enhanced it so much for me i think um i haven't seen it in in you know 2d regular um but uh seeing like that first scene with like uh everything just going by like with the 3d like things are popping out and i'm like oh my gosh like this looks like 3d <laughs> right and then when they get into the water scene like you said you were like blown away like same thing for me um just seeing everything like 
almost like you could grab it kind of like how real it felt. I don't know. Like it was so interesting. Um, and I saw it twice. I saw it with Sam um, over here and then I saw it over in Houston. But the second time I saw it, I saw it like it not as in, as in a good environment. I still saw it in 3D because I thought it would be worth it for Sam to see it in 3D because I thought I liked it so much. Um, but even still, like it just looked so good. Um, and like you mentioned, the the water scene happens like an hour in and it, I think it might. But after seeing it the second time, getting to the water part was like way faster. Mm. And I don't really know why. Um, so it didn't seem that big of a slog and going, watching that three hour runtime, like again, I didn't even feel bad. Uh, but yeah, like that first, that first initial, like while being back in the world and being like, these characters seem kind of normal again. Like I don't feel like they're super CGI. Like the CGI looks so good. Um, things are super crisp. The things in the water look real. Like some of the animals, especially when you get close to like the, the little like, uh, whale guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Apparently they're not whales whatever um like everything just looks so cool uh but yeah like if you have a chance to go watch it again in 3d i would totally do it (laughs) yeah listening to your description makes me feel like i missed out now like if i was that blown away just seeing it in like standard digital format dang (laughs) i should have seen it in 3d uh and maybe maybe i will you know i feel like this movie is going to stay in theaters for at least another month maybe even longer yeah because they really they're they can continuously milk this thing i'm telling you like i was trying to get seats for this movie in the theater for weeks now and mm-hmm. even we went at like 10 20 a.m on a saturday and even that theater was basically sold out i don't know if it's just like austinites love avatar or something because you said you didn't really have trouble in houston getting tickets no. uh but it seems to still be selling out theaters over here so it may be in theaters for a while maybe uh, maybe i'll have to I, check I, it out in theater D. i bought my tickets like two days ahead mm. yeah like i was like hey cat are you free this day cool have you seen avatar no okay let's uh plan for avatar this day she says okay so then i bought the tickets like a few days ahead so that may have contributed to why the the theater wasn't as packed but when i got when we got there there was people there so i don't think that necessarily is true or not so yeah i don't know but i I bought i bought my tickets i think two days ahead as well and it was still mm. pretty filled up but it wasn't nearly as bad as like i tried to see it before christmas and my goodness Mm -hmm. like i was trying five days ahead of time and on a saturday you just saw the whole theater just blanked out (laughs) that's wild um yeah if if you have time to see it again i think i think it's totally (laughs) worth it because i remember uh somebody i forgot who said it but it might have been a reviewer online or a friend or somebody but like it's totally worth seeing in a 3d like you have to see it in a 3d like I, I heard that from somewhere i'm like like i haven't seen a 3d movie since the first avatar like in theaters like i don't remember seeing a 3d movie since then yeah honestly uh, I, I can't even remember it, the last time i saw a 3d that was part of my aversion too to seeing it in 3d because i remembered how bad uh 3d used to look it almost kind of gave me motion sickness in a way just yeah. because it was so awkward and clunky the way it used to be but if it, it really is as seamless as how you described it then it could be worth giving another shot for me yeah uh like sam she gets motion sick with like watching me play video games or like doing the vr for a little bit but she said like she was fine the entire movie mm-hmm you know, and so if I mean, I don't know, that's a testament. I mean, she's she does that sometimes, but it's motion sick from things, but from time to time. But she she wasn't. And uh, like, I, I didn't feel anything like while I was watching it and being like that close to the screen and it kind of engulfing you. It kind of feels like you're I'm going to say thank you there. It wasn't like that realistic, but like it was really, you know, immersive, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing it that way. So, yeah, it was weird. It was crazy that's like insane um and if you've seen it that way um people listening like that's awesome uh there's other ways to listen to it like the dolby atmos sound like the surround sound there's like i was watching a bunch of videos about like after i watched it in 3d i was so like i was more curious about like like cinema experiences like the different like resolutions of cinema screens and the different like soundscapes that they have like the dolby atmos or the 4d or whatever they have and like all these different ways to watch a movie and like there's not like a, a best way like the imax has like really good visuals but maybe the sound isn't as good but then like the sony dolby atmos has really good sound but the visual the screens are flat and like there's like all these different things i found out about movies um from avatar too so i don't know maybe maybe now i'm gonna like be really picky on the theater i go to <laughs> to go see certain movies um but yeah the 3d was pretty cool and didn't really um mess with anything in terms of the storytelling and stuff it just i think it enhanced it a lot uh that's cool nice um the story do these 
more more blue people stuff. Um, it was kind of cool seeing like Jake Sully's like family. Like you're like, oh, well, he has a family now, and like they're all growing up. And the movie is less about him, right? And it's more about like his his uh his kids and you know their struggles and their conflicts and the, the stuff that they're going through. Because like Jake doesn't really have a arc right in this movie. Yeah, he doesn't really go through anything like he did in the first movie. Even I don't know if he did or not in the first movie either, but. He's he's pretty much a static character and like all the things around him kind of help him. Um, I guess I guess his art could be like mean dad turns into good dad. I don't know. <laughs> Even though he was like not really a bad dad to begin with. He was just kind of like too serious and he learned to open up a little bit. But only after his kid dies. Yeah. Spoiler. But <laughs> whatever. Uh, so that, that was really cool. Uh, and um, I saw online like somebody's like, why does why does the 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 sea people like talk in english like how would they know any english and then you know you realize at the beginning of the movie they it, it's a good way to do it i guess um i mean it's kind of corny but he's like you know he he's learned the language so well jake sully's learned the language so well that like eventually it becomes to english to his ears or whatever and then you hear the kids arguing in english now and so like that's the movie's way of telling you like oh uh, you're you're listening it in english now like he's he's hearing it in the Navi language, but he's, uh, you're hearing it in English just for a storytelling device. And if you also notice anytime there's like humans around, um, and that like little kid guy was like, you know, translating, um, for the humans, they were speaking in Navi then. And like, like in the perspective, if you're a human, then you heard the Navi. If you were like somebody who understood Navi, then it was English to you. If you notice that. Yeah. Um, wow. They did a pretty decent job at like, doing that and you don't really notice it because you're just watching the movie enjoying it right um but it it doesn't take you out of like the like the suspension disbelief or whatever Mm -hmm. isn't there so or is there i guess yeah no i i I totally missed that detail uh on my first watch through because i was thinking exactly what those other people were complaining about like how do these sea people know english but i guess that one detail does explain all of it that is that is a brilliant way to meld it in because obviously you don't want your audience to be reading subtitles the entire movie uh, exactly. when you're trying to cater to such a broad audience. So, wow. Yeah. Totally missed that. Yeah. And it's like, um, if you're, if you're going to do a whole, you know, pre backstory, this is what's been going on. Catch up segment for like 20 minutes, then sure. Put it, put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Make it easier for us to understand what's going on, uh, which makes it, I don't know if they did that in the first movie. Like, you know, played it off that well, but they did it in this one and it made sense. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the, the movie basically picks up when it gets to like the water scene, when they have to like escape the humans. And, you know, personally, I don't, I don't know if that was the best call, right? Just going to a different place and hiding far away. It, it ended up like not working like at all. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Like Jake's like, like, Hey, I'm gonna take my whole family and not become the, I'm going to, be demoted from chief of the village and just leave my family and then go here. And then they never like touch base on like the new chief and like what's going on back in the forest. <laughs> yeah. I, they never touch base on that. I had a lot of issue with that because, okay, you can maybe excuse it as Jake is tired of war. I think he said that much, you know, at the start, he's yeah. like, oh, my priority is my family, which also is a little bit of a head scratcher because he's now like, whenever the humans come back, he starts raiding their supply lines, like cutting off their supply chain. That was the main reason that they brought the Colonel in to like flush him out because he was doing these like guerrilla warfare tactics against them. He was involving his family in that. Like he had his kids there, you know, going point, like looking out for scouts, looking out for other enemies inbound. Right. So he was involving his family in danger already. And then all of a sudden he turns it on his head and says, Oh, I don't want, I don't want war anymore. Like I need to keep my family safe. And then he runs away. So yeah, I guess maybe he, he really that exactly like, and then the other thing too, and the chief of the water people acknowledges this. Like he knows that when Jake comes there, eventually they're going to find him and he's going to bring war to their doorstep. Like he is endangering a whole other people and he knows it too. Like he, he, he seems to think that he's just going to be able to hide out there the rest of his life and everything's going to be okay. But he's a soldier. He knows what's going to happen. Uh, and it ends up happening in the stupidest way too. There was that whole scene. I can't remember Sigourney Weaver's character's name. Uh, but she has like a seizure, right? Whenever she connects to the C version of Awa, 
and you know she's mm-hmm. seizing up and then he so stupidly sends back like word to the forest people to like his humans there at the base to come and help her he should have known that as soon as he did that they probably have tabs on everybody there because they're still looking for Jake Sully that once an aircraft goes out and then flies away to some mysterious location, they're going to tail it and they're going to find him. Uh, that mm-hmm. was just such an obvious plot device to try to get the colonel back on his trail, you know, to go and have the main antagonist coming back to fight. Right. And I talked about this with Kaylin a little bit. She was like, well, Jake was in a panic. Like that was his daughter and she needed help. And he sent help in the only way that he knew, right? Like he went back to his base human instincts. Like he's like, oh, I have doctors. I know where they are. I need to send for help. And he sends for help uh, rather than, you know, maybe trusting the, the ways of the water people, which ended up actually healing her even after the doctors couldn't do anything, right? That was the right way to go. And he, he chose the doctors instead, but maybe he did. Well, maybe it did. Maybe it didn't do anything. Maybe it didn't do anything. She just woke up. Maybe so. Like he could have just waited. <laughs> I don't know, but I can't, I can maybe believe that he was panicked, but also what a stupid move. Like you, yeah. you are a soldier, you know, what's going to happen. You know, that they're still keeping tabs on you. And that's exactly what brings the enemy to his doorstep. And he endangers this entire tribe. And it results in like other outlying tribes, getting their villages burned down. You know, the whales start to get hunted. I don't know that I, I did take issue with that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he literally ruined the livelihood and like the way of life of these like water people. Yes, he did. <laughs> like, like completely. And even if you, he's panicking, all right. Um, cause he almost like, he almost lost a kid at the very beginning of the movie and then he loses, almost loses a kid again at this part. Right. Right. Um, and you, he was like, you, like he can be stressed out. And I guess it's like, he, he's been in war situations, right. Where he has to think critically in like high stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a trained soldier to do that. And he does that all the time. So he has a cheat, like I got to make quick decisions on the fly under high pressure. And this is one of those things, right? Um, and he let it slip for something really dumb. Yes. Well, it wasn't dumb, but like his, his actions were pretty dumb. Um, and, and, and then it, it, it ruined, uh, other people's lives. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, her name was Kitty. That's right. right. Kiri. Yeah. And it's cool that that's Sigourney Weaver the whole time. I'm sure, I'm sure you know this too. Uh, yeah. Like she's playing a teenage girl, you know, and she does such a great job. Like I told Kaylin at the end of the movie that that was Sigourney Weaver. Like she's an older woman at this point, but she played the teenage girl so well. And uh, Kaylin was like, why didn't James Cameron get another actor to do it? I was like, because Sigourney Weaver could do it. And she did do it. Like I was just very yeah. impressed by that. Because she could and she can. And it makes sense because it's her offspring. She's like, she's like the Navi Jesus or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no mom or no dad or whatever. Uh-huh. And it just came out of nothing. And, and, and born you of know they're going to do something with that in the third movie too. Like they're setting, they're setting that up for sure. Yeah. All the religious tie-ins kind of mm-hmm. like it's makes sense. Um, yeah. But was, her character is so cool. Like it, in every single like moment you get, like you can kind of see that she's like special in a way. Right. right. Like she has some like, uh, attachment to all of the earth or all of pandora or whatever like all of like the nature the land like she can feel it um and it comes up every now and then like she tells you know jake like oh i can feel the heartbeat of the all mother i don't what's her name <laughs> awa <laughs> yeah awa all mother <laughs> monster under reference in there for you <laughs> all mother narwa <laughs> um but yeah uh, so i think that's pretty cool the way they, they do that um what's what's that the monkey kid's name oh uh spider it was interesting. yeah spider oh go ahead and say what you're gonna say about him um okay for him like i know people like didn't like him that much right in terms of his like him just being weird <laughs> i don't know is that the was that the word i don't know like the people talk about his acting was kind of bad or like it was just kind of boring or like he was just a plot device character like all this all these different things which may or may not be true um but yeah, he was, uh, I, I, I thought, I thought like the, how he was used throughout the entire movie was like actually kind of nice. And I'm glad he didn't do the whole, like at the end where I'm, I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, you know what? I, I actually miss my family and I, I want to go back with my dad or whatever. Like he didn't do that, which I was kind of thinking he might, you know, at the very end when he saved him, mm-hmm. saved, uh, the Colonel. Um, I'm glad he was just like, he, he still feels for his, like his family, right? He knows that's his father or his father's clone or whatever like he knows that and he decides to do something because yeah he you know he doesn't he has a heart right he, he's been raised pretty well so he does that but then he, i'm glad he leaves to go back to his like the people who actually care about him you know yeah 
Yeah. At the end. I, I, I enjoyed him as a character and I also agree they used him optimally. There's a there's a lot that went down in that end sequence of the movie that they just hit hit the mark on, like very well done. Uh and it starts off with, you know, the fight with uh, the Colonel and Jake. Uh, whenever the Colonel and Jake are fighting, Natiri sees Spider and then she goes to threaten him. Like she goes and puts a blade to his throat and she says, if you, you know, continue fighting Jake, I'm going to kill your son. And at first the Colonel's like, yeah, I don't care. That's not even my son. We don't even share the same DNA. And then she like cuts him across the chest saying like she means business. And the Colonel actually drops his knife. Like he, I think that he doesn't even realize or he he doesn't comprehend why he did that. I guess just Mm -hmm. some fatherly, fatherly instinct kicks in and he cannot stand to watch his son die even if that's not necessarily his son i mean that's the clone of the colonel he has all the colonel's memories and emotions and all of that so he would act just as the colonel would and he stops in his tracks and then this kind of sets up some doubt i think in spider's mind a bit you saw him before that sequence watching the teary when she was kind of in her blood rage because her her Mm -hmm. kid just died and he's kind of afraid of her like normally you know that's that's technically like his his mom in a way because he spent so much time with jake and his family and he might like go to her and help her, but he like is staying back from her. He's like, there is some danger here and I'm not sure what to do. And then she does end up threatening him. So it doesn't end up in him, you know, getting hurt or killed or anything by her. And you could maybe think that it was just a bluff. I think that she was fully ready to kill him in order to protect her children. And I think he realizes that too. So that kind of sows some doubt in his mind. And also he sees the Colonel who he's kind of been building a bond with the whole movie, uh, sacrifice Mm -hmm. his upper hand on Jake to, you know, save him. Uh, so that was really well done. And then right yeah. after that, you know, Jake kind of gets what he wants. They get to leave with all their kids and the leaving too. And then the Colonel's like, you're not going to leave. Are you Jake? Like, you know that if you leave me here, I'll find you and I'm going to hunt you down. I'll never stop hunting you in some other like B rated movies, you know, low tier movies. The people would just kind of go away. They'd be like, you know what? We'll fight another day. And that would be like a way that they could keep the villain alive. But Jake says, all right, let's get it done. And then he just goes right back into the fight. And I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Thank goodness yeah, you like, did just that. Just try to end it. Yeah. And it's cool. It's cool because like he tries to end it and it almost does end. Mm-hmm. But the main villain and the main protagonist like aren't the reason why each other's saved. No. Which is cool. Yes. That's, that's a great point too. Uh, yeah. They both were dead to rights. Like, right. Jake was you know, he was there stuck under uh, the the wreckage and the water's coming up and he's going to drown. Like if his son didn't come and help him, he was going to die. And then, you know, Jake doesn't incapacitate the colonel and he is down there drowning. But it's their sons that come and save them. And that is such a great way to like round out the theme of like family and then of learning and of learning from your own children too. both the colonel and Jake have spent a lot of this movie learning from their kids who they kind of opposed and kind of said, like, this is the way things are done. Now they're seeing that there's a different way. And in in that way ends up saving their lives. Right. And it's also Mm -hmm. so great that spider did save the Colonel's life because he has been building that bond. He saw that he, he sacrificed for him. And then I loved it too. Whenever he still doesn't kind of go with him, because you could kind of believe that they might've had him like go off and say, you know what? You know, Jake's family has abandoned me. I'm going with you, Colonel. Like you're my dad, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. He just hisses at him and then leaves. However, there's still that seed of doubt in his head. You know, there is whenever he goes back to join that family, he probably feels like he's not necessarily a part of them in the way that he used to be because his life has been threatened by Natiri. So, man, I mean, Mm -hmm. what a great way to plant seeds for the sequel that I, I didn't really even care about the third movie. Uh, like the progression of the Avatar movies, but now I'm kind of like excited to see what they're going to do with this next yeah. movie. Because the first one is like it ties in a box pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like boop, little little present in a bow. Like this one, like you said, it's like planting those like those seeds, um, which I was kind of shocked too. Right, like um, the like the part with Natiri, like she, I think she says something about like how she doesn't see Spider as like a part of their family necessarily like he's just like a puppy or something Mm -hmm. or a cat like a stray animal and he's just kind of there hanging around and at the very end like you know i i don't know if she was bluffing or not and like i guess as an audience member not really supposed to know if she really was or not but i mean it's her kids right like and she was already like on a crazy rampage she was already like done like one of her kids already died (laughs) right like she was she was already to go so you know it's not unbelievable that she would have probably taken jake's life if you know or sorry jake's life uh a spider's life if uh um the colonel didn't back off of jake so yeah definitely uh but yeah you're right that that doubts that doubts there for natiri and that family and uh the colonel has like a like a good arc coming you know potentially 
you know, save, he's a Navi now. Like he is <laughs> like, he, he saw all this good stuff happen. He's still mad at Jake. They they're fighting each other or whatever, but now he's, he's turned a corner a little bit. Like he's seen a lot of good happen and like is empathizing a little bit with like his, his kid. If not, if not anything else, just his, his kid, but he's also now a part of the environment. Like he's, he can breathe the air. He has the skin now. Like he's a part of like them. Right. So, um, he, he could be turning a corner to the next couple movies. I don't know if they, if he turns good in the middle of the next movie and there's another force that he has to team up with the Colonel and Jake and then they'll fight something else or whatever's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. Like, and I, I heard the no- next one's coming out a little bit more soon than 13 years. So <laughs> yeah. Isn't what, weren't they like shooting them back to back? Wasn't that their, their deal? So hopefully this next one will come out like in the next two or three years or something. If that's the case, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if that's confirmed or not, but I heard something about that. But apparently they, they were filming part three a little bit during this production too. So it was, it was like, they're like trying to get it. Done. Oh, so they're not, they're not even like, just shooting it back to back. They're like integrating both. So yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. a good plan for them because <laughs> if you want to stay relevant, you can't release every movie like 13 years after 13 years. Right. <laughs> yeah. So she want this to be like a, like a franchise with things. I, I still, still not really buying the like, Oh yeah. The Navi animal creatures become toys and like, like they're not, a, they don't seem iconic yet. No. Like I, 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 like I see like a Bantha and I'm like, dude, I would totally have a Bantha <laughs> plushie, you know, like I don't, I don't see that whale thing and be like, dude, I want that as a plushie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like a, <laughs> no, I totally agree. <laughs> or like those seal things. Like, honestly, uh, like not, the only creature I remember is the whale thing. And I don't even have like a solid image of the whale in my mind. Cause you see it in like different <laughs> states of like emerging from the water. And then you see like a few scenes of it flying in the air, but I don't even know really what the full whale anatomy is. <laughs> yeah um there's those like those raptor pterodactyl things uh those little dog things um yeah whatever but yeah i don't i don't i don't see this even still kind of like being as big as that but like i think the the spectacle of it and what it is for like film is like pretty impressive oh yeah um because going going more into like the cgi stuff of it like this compared to like the first movie because i like looked back at the first movie for a little bit um, just like doing, seeing like comparison shots of like the way the skin looks, the way that the, the face faces move from all the motion cap and like all of all these things, like it looks so much better. And like at the, like at the time, like you think that's like the best thing you've seen. And like, now this is like the best thing I've seen, you know? And like, I think about like, you know, like an old Nintendo 64 video game, like my dad seeing that like on a commercial or something is like dude graphics have gotten so good oh holy crap like, it's so awesome right and then you see like a video game now like the last of us or something like what that's like night and day but to them at that time it looks insane but like even from 2009 or whatever the uh when the first movie came out to now like it's a huge jump mm-hmm. like it's like massive like most of that movie was cg cgi it was like watching a video game cutscene, like literally like all the water and the animals and everything that's just all just made a computer generated but it looks so good it's, it's crazy yeah I, I need to go back and watch uh the first avatar at least a portion of it like you said you did because it, initially whenever i walked into the theater and then saw like the navi again i was like ah this is this looks basically just like i remember it <laughs> but uh obviously that's not the case so yeah i need to go back i need to go back and experience yeah. the 2009 avatar again <laughs> Yeah, they look a little bit more like uh like these have like pores and stuff in their face, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can like see some of the wrinkles like the first one doesn't have that. They're a little bit more uh a little bit more smooth, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, like that animated smooth shell shading shading look kind of thing. Um especially I can explain it, but yeah, like all of that looks way more impressive um in this movie than it did the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of scares me because it's like you get 13 years to like make it look good because apparently the technology has always been there to make movies look good but they like churn out movies like every year so like you only have a certain amount of time before a deadline needs to be met and something like this they had so much time to just make it look as good as they possibly can you know they're like just making finishing touches like as much as they could and it was a really great product but if they're gonna make movies like every year or every two years or whatever now like i hope that things don't look super cheesy 
getting going forward. Yeah, you know? that would be a real shame if the production quality does end up going down. If the third movie, the way that they're doing it, is the way you say where they're kind of concurrently making both, then hopefully the third movie will be just you know up to standard as this one, or maybe even exceeded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if like I think there's going to be even more, right? Like Avatar four, five, like maybe even some spinoffs. I think I've heard uh, some news about that. So hopefully, you know, every single one of the Avatar products is to the standard that this movie has set or else Mm -hmm. then it's just going to cheapen what the franchise could be. Yeah, exactly. Um, For the the length of it, you know, I'm glad it was that long. Was it was three hours and five, ten minutes, something like that? Something, yeah. Um. I thought that was a good link. Like the whole time I didn't feel like, man, I really want this to be over. <laughs> like that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of glad too. movies are going in this direction. I know we've talked about like, why aren't movies long? Right. Like they sh- tell, tell a story as long as you need to, to get what you want out of it. I mean, there's obviously stuff that doesn't make any sense. You can like cut some of the fluff, but like if a director wants to have its, their vision, then let them have their vision, right? Like there's no point not to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that was like this. Yeah. This, this is a textbook example of obviously James Cameron had a vision and he put it all there on the screen. I'm sure that there's a cut somewhere. Maybe it'll be released at some point, like the the director's cut, which is probably even longer than this, but this was optimal. This was perfect. I I agree with you. I never had a time in the movie where I felt like, Oh, this is droning on. Like when is this movie going to end? In fact, uh, I checked my watch once just to see like how long the movie had been going on. And the first like hour and a half kind of blew by for me, but then the the second and third act, my God, it, they seemed like a flash. Like mm-hmm. everything was happening so fast. And I was just so enthralled by all of it that before I knew it, the movie was over. The only part that I feel like lagged a little bit was the whale hunting scene. Uh, we probably could have gone through that a little bit more quick. I think I know that it was to emphasize how bad the humans are, right? Like, Oh, you mm-hmm. know, they're so wasteful. They, these peaceful whales, they spear them. You see the baby, the baby is also like a casualty of uh, killing this mother. You know, even this innocent creature can't escape the jaws of the evil humans. Right. And the scene was honestly pretty awesome. Like it's, this is a very small complaint because I enjoyed watching the whale hunting scene. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the only part though, that I feel like lagged a little bit. Like obviously it was, it was Cameron. He, he had a vision for what he wanted the whale hunting scene to be. And he just wanted to throw it all out there and props to him. It was, it was great. And also mm-hmm. uh, there's a little tidbit at the end of that too. And th- this is, uh, this is a good thing that I'm saying here. They had like this thing where they, they hunt the whales, right? And then they're explaining to them uh, how they go up inside the carcass. They like drill into the whale and then they extract this fluid. And, Apparently, that's all they hunt the whales for. And this is a, very akin to, I guess, you know, mammoth hunting or hunting other things uh, like elephant hunting, I guess, not mammoth today. You know, they hunt the elephants and all they take are the ivory tusks, right? So this is something that we have done in the past and this is something that they were doing here in the movie. But I'm wondering about that goo, like that they've said it very nonchalantly that, oh, it's a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> like this just stops human aging. Like it just freezes it. He's like, yeah, this all this right here is probably worth about 80 million. Oop, almost dropped it. Okay, you know, time to go. And then that's it. So I'm wondering if that's going to tie in into the third movie as well, because that's a that's a pretty big thing in the Avatar world. But uh, so even even that sequence leading up to that uh, very small complaint, like I said, because obviously that is that is significant and maybe will tie into the third movie in some way. Uh, But going back to the runtime. Yeah, I I thought that every uh, every hour, every minute was worth it never had a complaint really except for that little bit and i mean i kind of agreed like that was kind of like the most boring not necessarily boring but like it was it lagged a little bit um but you're right it's just supposed to emphasize like how bad everything's supposed to be there like you're you're supposed to not feel good watching that whole Mm. part right you're supposed to kind of want or in my opinion i think you're supposed to kind of want this to be like over and done with like you don't want to see this animal get hurt you don't want to see the, the the child and you and it makes you mad that they only do they only get the little goo stuff for like something that seems really superficial yeah that's that's honestly a um, great point maybe that's why i felt that way because i just wanted that scene to be over i think that's a great point yeah you're like it's this is dumb like why would why would you do like you know right and then you have like spider who like is is you basically right they're like the audience i guess he's like the you he's like watching it and kind of like in disgust like oh my gosh like like what's going on like i can't believe this i'm I'm watching this animal get brutally murdered by this 
Australian guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, so, yeah, I think that that was more of the reason why it felt that way. Um, because I agree that it felt that way, but I think, you know, it's, it was kind of a little purposeful. And, um, like I watched this interview with James Cameron and I don't know if it was regarding this movie or if it was just something in the past, but he, he talked about like, he had this like scene of like, like a fly, like a vehicle flying in the sky and it was kind of long, but it's just floating around. And then one, somebody recommended to him, like, this is a long scene. Like we can cut this to like make the movie shorter. Like it happens for way too long. He's like, why do, why do you want this there? And he, he's just, cause like, I, I want to see it <laughs> simple as that. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's to kind of immerse the, 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 the audience in just to like, see it, you know, like be in the world. Like, yeah. Like it may just be like, be real, I guess, you know, like it just flying in the sky, but it, it's a part of the, the whole experience. Um, and I mean, that's fine. Like it, things can be there just because, you know, yeah. like sometimes you'll criticize things for being too long or like that was fluff or like, why did that was in the movie or whatever. But sometimes it's, it's okay. And like, like, like I said before, like this whole time, this whole movie, I felt like that was fine. I never felt like this thing was too long and having the 3d glasses on and being like really immersed kind of saved that for me. Like I, I wanted to keep staring at the screen. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, when it comes down to it, I don't think that anyone really came to watch this movie for the plot. Not that the plot was bad. I thought the plot was very good for what it was. They came to be immersed in this world. So you make an excellent point that uh, just spending time with these scenes, you know, with this spectacle, that was the point of this movie. And give Cameron all the time he needs to truly immerse us. I felt like I was truly immersed. Sounds like you felt like you were truly immersed. Uh, He did the job well. Mm Mm-hmm um dude acting wise like most of the cast is like pretty good mm-hmm. <laughs> um especially when we get to like the new characters that we see in uh in the like beach sea world of the uh the sea people or whatever like all those all of it like even though like it felt like almost kind of like the outer banks or whatever with like you know you got the like teen drama happening <laughs> right um and he's like what's up co what's up co uh-huh. <laughs> um like it didn't really take me out too much uh hearing all that and seeing that it's just, it was like kind of fun to kind of be around like you know i see teenagers all the time because of you know band or whatever but like i i wasn't like taken aback like this is so annoying or like whatever it was like like you know this seems kind of realistic um to what is happening here um it, it was a little bit strange that they were acting like modern 2022 teenagers and not like maybe two, modern 2019 teenagers um but they're like you know living in huts and stuff <laughs> i mean that's a little kind of weird but I, it didn't really been like bother me that much and i think a lot of the like pranking made sense in their culture like hey this is a new guy he has a funny tale let's go take him out to like the deep side of the reef and make him feel bad about it then leave him to die <laughs> that was a little brutal right? not gonna lie did they even told him to like call the fish and i knew they think i think they knew that they, he was gonna like call the whale with that call, call the big yeah. the big fish yeah um, so I don't know. I mean, that makes, I guess that makes sense. I mean, he didn't like the kid and I, I really do think that he could care less if that kid died or not. Yeah. Um, which is dumb because it's like, you're the chief's son and you're housing the other chief's other son. Like, why would you do that? I don't know. I think he realized the <laughs> like, error of his ways, but yeah, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he got back. He's like, dude, he's not back yet. Like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But then they, uh, he gets saved by the whale guy and i like that whole like bonding experience they have with the whales um and he's meeting like the outcast whale and then he kind of feels like the outcast so like they have that whole bonding experience um what i don't understand though is like later with the the like the whales have passed a certain point where they're like you know we know we don't they don't kill each other anymore but this one whale was like trying to like he hadn't killed anybody yet. I think that whale didn't kill anybody, mm-hmm. but he had the intent to kill, right? Yes. And then that made him the outcast. Yeah, that was that was very strange. He had like rallied his brethren to fight. Like they had gone out there, or at least he was trying to rally them to fight, right? I'm not sure if they actually did end up going to fight. Did they? Was that was that what happened? Like they went out to the fight and that's well, what killed them all? 
yeah yeah they were like on the way there or whatever and like two of the navi people died and like a couple other fish died or something i don't know but that's what happened and he had like left the scene and so they're like oh he he killed them indirectly so he still killed yeah them. it was weird because at first they say he straight up killed them like he is a you know he's a brother killer he killed navi that's what the chieftain mm-hmm. says and then you know the jake's son realizes the reality of the story and then he tells his his girlfriend you know the uh, the water girl oh you know he didn't actually kill anybody he was trying to save them by rallying them to fight for once and then she's like yes but that's the same thing yeah same <laughs> thing bro you're like no it's not no not no it's, yeah exactly <laughs> i was like he's a good guy like what you can only they have to understand and they're, they're even you know they're so hypocritical because they uh Jake at the end of the movie, he's like trying not to fight as well. They're like, no, we have to take revenge for the whales or whatever. So they don't even <laughs> understand that you can only take things for so long before you have to rise up and defend the ones you love. And they still hate him. They call him outcast for doing what they end up wanting to do in the end of the movie anyway. <laughs> hey, but, but it's not their culture. It's the whale culture. The whales don't yes. do that. He's outcast to whales and whale and whale culture. We don't talk to the whale outcast. I don't, but that didn't make any sense either. Since he's outcast I mean, to whale culture, they don't talk to him either. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't make, yeah, that make any, any sense to me uh, but he's, they're like yeah bro it's the same thing <laughs> which I thought was pretty dumb but then he does go on a massive killing spree at the end of the movie Freaking, he saves has the, day. the most brutal kill yeah he, he saves he does save the day he doesn't like rips the guy's arm off <laughs> flies off I'm like, I'm like oh my that goodness that was the only part of the movie that like Kayla and I looked at each other and kind of laughed at that <laughs> I mean it was you knew it was going to happen and it was brutal uh, yeah, you just kind of laughed at the brutality it, it off. yeah I was like totally waiting for it <laughs> um, I was like Sam yeah the movie's like weird like they like it's PG-13 but they like waste their like their one vulgar Vogel or were at the end i think it's good uh used well yes, right yes, they can only like drop one bomb uh which makes it like it's, it's like oh you're so frustrated they gotta they gotta they gotta say it um uh, and then the like brutal kill like like those two things if it happened like two more times it'd be like already. yes <laughs> it was also it was a satisfying <laughs> kill too because everybody hates the australian guy right we talked about the <laughs> sequence that we just wanted to end and it was a very satisfying kill and then to see the arm just fly next to his head <laughs> comical in a way yeah, almost <laughs> i mean it was um yeah but it's like uh it, it, it was it you know t- takes you aback a bit because the rest of the movie there really isn't that much brutality no, right no. like in the beginning there's like they're using their guns to fight and whatever and like jake at the end is like shooting a little bit but there's really not a lot of like gunplay i guess but there's a lot of like hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that um and there's not really a lot of like brutally like oh my god gruesome stuff on the screen mm-hmm. like that was like one of the only things and then like the sun getting shot yes. but like you see blood and you're like that's a little bit you know if people who don't like gore or whatever that, that's a little bit a lot for them but the seeing like an arm getting cut off like that oh my god <laughs> and it was so clear too like it kind of yeah. just lingered on that shot <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that, that was maybe that was a little bit too much for that second but it was it was i don't know whatever it was fine. I liked it. Yeah, it I think I think maybe it just stood out to us so much too because of of your point, right? There was just it was so tame for the rest of the movie that you see something like that, you're like, whoa, didn't you know? Didn't expect that one, and then you kind of move on from it. But it, it stays in your head. Yeah. <laughs> like you get you see people get like hit with bows and stuff, but it's like dark, right? It's like in the forest, and you can't really see mm-hmm. much. It's like happening with light, like like the light play with like uh, stuff going on in the shadows. Like that's cool. Like it was all cinematic, so it wasn't like. You're not paying attention to like the gruesome killing. You're paying attention to like the the cinematicness of what's happening. Right. This was like <laughs> broad daylight, yes. beautiful day, no clouds in the sky, just a giant whale destroying a giant human made <laughs> ship and cutting arms off. Like, <laughs> I don't know, it was hilarious to me. Um, something else I thought was funny. I, I, I this was from another podcast. I was on TikTok and I like saw this like clip. Uh, it it made me laugh a bit. But uh, the main actor. What's his name? Sam Warring, Warring, Worthington. Yeah. Sam Worthington plays Jake Stully. He's an Australian actor. <laughs> and so his accent he's using is just like this American accent that he has, uh-huh. right? Uh, but I think it's funny that his accent is just like, like it's like Brooklyn sounding. <laughs> um, and the podcast was joking about like, he's like straight out of Brooklyn or something. Like, I say my, like, I don't, I can't do it, but it's hilarious, right? Like he, he has such like a thick, like New York or Brooklyn kind of sound. And it doesn't fit the tone no. of the entire movie. And it like it doesn't it doesn't take me out of it at all. But like 
every time I listen back and like watch like a clip of the movie and hear it out of context, it like is funny to me. Now. <laughs> it is. It, it is actually so funny because it's, it's such like a basic way of talking, especially since he's been around the Navi for like, I don't know, a decade and a half. And he hasn't like adapted any type of accent from them either. Like he's still speaking in this strict American accent. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he would, he, he barely has a reason to speak English. The only time he needs to speak English is when he's talking to his human people at like, who are like, you know, Navi people, I guess, um, working in the little science center or whatever. That's the only time he needs to speak English. And the rest of the time, like he would be speaking Navi at those years as his kids were growing up. That's like years and years of time. Like there's no reason for him to have like a thick, like American exactly <laughs> accent, you know, but and they, like they might as well have just continued making him also keep his native accent (laughs) i don't know i guess it would have been too weird for him to suddenly adopt an accent but i thought it was good that his kids at least had one (laughs) yeah i don't know it was kind of funny um but yeah like in their english though they do sound like they have like a weird like hybrid accent of like english but also they're also speaking like in a way like they're like you know native native tongue kind of mm-hmm. in a way um which i think is pretty interesting because uh, you can hear it too like they're talking like like american slang but they also have like this you know you know their native accent like yeah, that that was a strange thing and that goes back to like them acting like 2019 teenagers or whatever they're like what's up bro and stuff like that but then you also have that navi accent in there it was just it was interesting but yeah because yeah, they, they come back because you have those things where um uh what's her what's her name ronal ronal whatever the the chief's daughter um what's her name i have no idea <laughs> she's daughter's name. uh but she's like talking to uh other kids name <laughs> i don't remember any other name i don't remember any the problem except for jake and materi <laughs> materi and kiri and kiri i don't even remember the colonel's name yeah. it has, it he has a weird name and they don't to be fair they do not say the colonel's name very often at all <laughs> this was the problem with the first movie too like no one remembers their names um it's too hard to like remember uh but anyway but she's like telling the other kid like the way of water like i see you and she's like speaking in like her way right in like an accent but still in english uh-huh. um and she's the only person that does that everybody else kind of still does that sometimes when he like uh he's like that kid is talking to his dad jake that happens sometimes it comes out but a lot of the time like it's weird how they go from like serious like cultural like tribal people to like normal you know modern sounding yeah like american time. slang type sounding yeah. people <laughs> he literally says cuh a couple yeah times, yeah or cuz or whatever i don't know like it was like what <laughs> i haven't heard a like a kid say that in a long time. <laughs> hey man, you got to involve the youth, all right? Even if it's the old slang. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like 20, I'm like 2019, maybe <laughs> 2018 slang. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Over, overall, like I, I'm pretty excited for the next the sequels coming into it. And I remember it was another interview thing about like the scripts because James Cameron has the stuff already written. Like he, he knows how all this ends. Um, and he like gave like three to the next person, and then like how much there gonna be four, four of them? Yeah, I I don't know. I heard like four, maybe even five, five something like that. Yeah, but anyway, he he gave one to let, let's say there was five. He gave like the third one to somebody, and he was like, okay, he he got a bunch of notes back. Um, he gave the next one back to some the like the fourth one to the next the guy, and he got some notes back. That's pretty good, blah blah blah. And then he gave the last one to somebody to like you know for review and he got back no notes he's like with my notes and he's like dude <laughs> like that's good <laughs> um so he's like he's he knows he's saving the best for last mm-hmm. and it's like leading to it's leading to somewhere um and he's really excited about you know sharing the last movie with everybody so yeah i'm excited where where the, he wants to take all this um because like this was pretty pretty uh there was a cool little uh twist toward the end but like most of this was pretty average like you know, his family, you know, what's going on. People, bad things are happening. Humans are still the bad guys. We're, you know, fighting for nature, you know, the whole learning, learning self stuff from your children and things like that. Like, you know, stuff we've kind of seen before. Right, right. You know, the past 13 years, you know, it's not super crazy, but, you know, you got to take into account that he probably wrote this like 
a long time ago, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're now seeing the the adaptation now, or his 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 you know his movie come to life. So I don't really take that. I don't really take points off for that necessarily, but I'm excited to see where he kind of takes the rest of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that this movie was a great step above the first, because uh, the first you know, it was a spectacle, right? And it stays with me just from being in that theater back then. But that was really all I cared about it for. And I wasn't really excited for the second one. But now the second one's got me invested. Uh, You plant a lot of good seeds for what's to come. I'm excited to see the third and beyond. And yeah, I I really enjoyed this experience, even though the plot was, like you said, kind of stuff we've seen before. But that's okay, because it's setting up what I think is going to be some really great stuff. And if the visuals and the immersive quality of these movies continue to be to the standard that this one is, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think that's a great place to end it, Zach. What do you think? I would agree. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. I know we spoiled like everything, but it's really the journey. Like the whole three hours is like something worth seeing. I saw it twice and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, so go check it out. But I guess, Zach, with that, I will see you next time. Sounds good. See ya. See ya.